Welcome back to the Chris Massey Show. Today's guest, I have a very interesting individual, a very insightful man, just a great guy. We have the founder of the National Microloan Conference in Detroit, Mr. Warren Galloway. Hey, good afternoon. Good afternoon, man. Appreciate you for taking your time. Oh, anytime, man. I appreciate the invitation to be on your podcast, Chris. Uh, well, that means a lot because I know you're a very busy man. And I like everything that you're doing. So just to, we could start actually with that and then get more into, you know, how you got into this whole conference. But what is the concept behind the National Microloan Conference? So let me tell you a little bit about my background and kind of work my way up to the conference. Uh, I'm a former banker and I work for a number of uh, financial institutions. Um, For those who are uh, older, they would remember uh, Detroit, was it National Bank of Detroit? Okay, <laughs> that's right, the name right. of it. Uh, MBD Bank. I worked for MBD Bank on the retail side. Then I started working for MBD Bank on the investment side. Uh, after working there for a short period of time, I picked up and uh, went to law school. Finished law school, came back into banking, worked for Standard Federal Bank doing community development, compliance, and regulatory. Um, issues. Uh, it was during that period of time that I started working with small businesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was responsible for growing our commercial loan portfolio, our small business portfolio. Uh, after working at Standard Federal for five years, I was hired to run community development for Charter One Bank for all of Michigan and Northwest Ohio. Uh, same duties, but I also took over a mortgage department. Mm-hmm. Uh, community lending is what they called it. Uh, did that for a few years and got a um, bigger calling, uh, running a department for E-Trade out of Washington, D.C., or more specifically in Arlington, Virginia. Okay. So I moved out there. After being there for a short period of time, I realized that working in corporate America was not something I wanted to continue to do. Mm-hmm. So I decided to leave corporate America and go into business for myself. Now, nice, I'm in nice. D.C. at that time, um, but I hadn't been there long enough to build relationships and contacts. People didn't know me, basically. Right, so, right. Uh, unlike a lot of other Detroiters who left and never came back, I saw plenty of opportunity back here in Detroit. So I came back and started a small business consulting firm, uh, also working with nonprofits, doing housing developments and things like that. Um, eventually, I found my niche. My niche was working with small business owners and helping them get financing. Right, right. Uh, as a result of my experience in banking and me working as an entrepreneur, um, I saw that there there was this gap in funding for small business owners, and, and that's where microloans come into play. Okay. Uh, and I'll tell you a little bit more about that in a few. So I saw that there was this gap. Um, a lot of people in the Detroit area know me as being a man to know how to make deals work when it comes to <laughs> right. finding money. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I use, instead of using just bank financing, I use microloans. Um, And um, as a result of my expertise dealing with micro lenders and getting funding for small business owners, I came up with this idea about five years ago about having a uh, conference that's dedicated to the micro lending industry. Now, this conference is for entrepreneurs, it's for service providers, Mm -hmm. um, it's for bankers and um, um, all the entities that uh, support entrepreneurship. This is not a Detroit conference. This is actually a nationwide conference. I have, right now, I have close to 40 speakers. Okay, wow. 60-something workshops. 
uh, and many other things that are happening. We'll talk a little bit more about that as well. So that's where the concept started. It really started back when I was in banking. Mm-hmm. I kind of built myself up to the point where I became kind of the face of this this unique lending called Micro Lending. And five years ago, I had this dream to have this conference. Uh, and then Tech Town offered to host it. Okay. And now the nice. conference has been planned for September 27th through 28th at Tech Town Detroit. Perfect, man. And that's like, I think that's amazing. First of all, I thank you for not only coming back, but being a part of the investing in the overall well-being of the city. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, the knowledge and the applied knowledge is power because I've been on this entrepreneurial journey for 14 years now. But because I love to read, I'm familiar with certain terms, but it's nothing like being able to access professional information and being, Mm -hmm. you know, it's only so much you can do as an individual. So right. when we the knowledge that I acquire from you and that you know, I'm a recent graduate of the Tech Town Retail Boot Camp. Correct. So it's I'm like that guy's insightful. I, if he's interested, I have to connect with him. You know, because appreciate. I appreciate you because that's why I encourage people. We hear the term all the time. Your network is your net worth. Right. Like I said I'm. Sometimes you you've probably been there on this journey that you've taken it as far as you can as an individual. Mm-hmm. It's strength in numbers, you know. So my point is I appreciate this conference and especially you doing it here. And so how can people become a part of it? Well, uh, first of all, I, I think to become a part of it, you want to be an entrepreneur. Yep. Um, you hear a lot in the community about banks are not lending. Mm-hmm. Um, I cannot say yay and nay whether or not they're lending. Um, maybe they're just not good at lending to uh People of color, mm-hmm. uh, low-income uh, census tracts. Um, maybe they haven't mastered that, and I think that's one of the issues that they have. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can tell you, when it comes to micro lending, and I'll explain to you now what what micro lending is. When it comes to micro lending, there's a lot of lending that's taking place, mm-hmm. not only across the country, but more specifically in the Detroit community. Um, and I know this to be true because <laughs> I'm getting loans for people. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. Um, what makes microloans different than bank loans? Um, typically, microlending, the maximum loan amount is 50000 Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. might say that's not a lot of money, but it is when you can leverage with other microlenders to get $100,000, $150,000, 200000 if you need that amount. And everything matters. And, <laughs> it's and, better. <laughs> and, and, but it works out better for you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Why is it that microlending is so great? I mentioned the max is 50000 but they have flexible underwriting criteria. So they don't have real strict underwriting criteria. I, when I speak on this lending thing, I always talk about banks are credit score driven. Micro lenders are credit driven. Some people say, well, that sounds like it's the exact same thing. No, it isn't. <laughs> so, for instance, a bank, when you apply for a loan, the very first thing they're going to do, they're going to run your your credit score. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they want to see what your FICO score is. That's what it's called. They want to see what your FICO score is. They have a minimum threshold that you have to meet. So, say, 750. Right, right. Okay. And it's hypothetical. Every bank is different. Mm-hmm. And say so you come in at 739. They're going to turn you down right off the back because you don't meet that minimum threshold of a FICO score. Right. A micro lender will run your credit and they might just have questions for you. Mm -hmm. If they see bruises on your your credit, they might want to know why. Yeah. Are you resolving it? Mm -hmm. Um, 
do we need to get you some support to, 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 to improve your credit? They kind of work with you. Right, right. Their goal is economic development in low-income neighborhoods. So they want to work with you. And so right. you have a greater chance of being approved with a micro lender than with a bank just because the underwriting criteria is not as stringent as what banks offer. As a result, micro lenders really like to support small business owners in the city of Detroit, mainly because... We talk about all the development that's going on in Detroit, that Detroit is coming back. Right. But the big developers in the city are the Illages, the Gilberts, mm -hmm. the Penskys, um, and so forth. These rich people who have brought their corporations downtown and they're building up downtown. Mm -hmm. But guess what? They're not going to come to the Jefferson Chambers neighborhood. Right. They're not going to go to the Live Six neighborhood. They're not going to go to the Grandmont Rosedale. They're not going to go to the Southwest neighborhood. Okay. Mm -hmm. The people, the, the businesses that are going to come into those neighborhoods are business owners that look like you and I. Right. People from Detroit who raised in Detroit. When I grew up, I grew up off of Livernore and Grand River. And we, I was just speaking to my coworker. We had uh, Oakman Boulevard. Mm -hmm. And way back in the day, there was Cuttingham Drugs and Federals and Kreskis and all these kind of big box retailers. But because of the, the accessibility of funding through Michael Lenders, now, you and I, if we want to have a brick and mortar in those same commercial districts we grew up in where they had the big box retailers, mm -hmm. we can go in there and set shop now. We right, can open right. up our own businesses. And the ripple effect of that is we get to hire people from the community. Yep. It's a win-win. It's a win-win. Mm -hmm. Not only do we get to hire people from the community, we get to hire people from the community who are returning citizens, yep. senior citizens, low income, right. single parents, the disabled. People who are disenfranchised who typically, typically are not given the opportunity or not given a second chance. And provide uh, opportunity, uh, more examples to the up and coming youth. Absolutely. And more I options. talk about that. I talk about that, Chris. I, you know what I say? I say that we help out the disenfranchised. They get a job. First of all, we don't have to worry about no mass transportation. They walk to work because mm -hmm. it's in the neighborhood. Right, right. That's the first thing. But secondly, that so... As I stated, I left and came back. Right. Majority of my friends did not come back. Mm -hmm. Okay. But they left because they didn't feel there, if there were any opportunities for them at home. Mm -hmm. But now, like you said, the younger kids, now they see their parents going to work. Now they see their parents, you know, maybe they're traveling a little bit more because they can afford to travel. Now they can send their kids to maybe a, a better school. Mm -hmm. um, maybe they can afford a new car. Maybe they can finally buy the house instead of renting. It's all because now they have income coming in because they get the job in the neighborhood. Yep. And their costs are kept low because they don't have to pay for transportation. <laughs> right, right. They can walk to work. Right. Okay? Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? Those little kids are looking at those adults. Mm -hmm. And they're seeing the neighborhoods come back. So when they go the way to school, they're like, I'm going back home because I want to be part of the revitalization of my city. I want to set up a business. I want to be an entrepreneur. Or they might want to take one of the courses that you either provide or affiliated with and stay here. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I think the next generation after us, they're coming back. They're yeah. not, matter of fact, I'm not going to say they're coming back. I don't think they're leaving. Yeah, right. It's like, and when I said yeah. by coming back, I'm thinking, well, we want them if they have to, mm -hmm. if they want to go to college and right. then come back. The reality of it is now there are great opportunities with trade careers. So, But in saying that, Detroiters have this unique opportunity to revitalize their own communities by setting up brick-and-mortar businesses to service the community. Right, right. And then, as we talk about, get the dollar circulating in the community, mm -hmm. being spent multiple times before it leaves out. Right. And that's, I think, wanted to go to one of your other points, 
you can't have a successful economy in a city without the neighborhoods being strong. Absolutely. You know, like downtown, we know, like, it's, it's the balance to it. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't like those experiences down there? But I feel options are important as well. And, oh, absolutely. And so, yeah. No, oh, absolutely. Sometimes you don't want to travel to go eat well over here or do this or do that. No. Or, yeah, like you said, yeah. No, not at all. I, I, I agree with you. I also work for Tech Town Detroit, and I'm responsible for helping revitalize the East Jefferson Corridor, more okay. specifically <clears throat> Jefferson Chalmers. Right. The greatest pleasure I get out of working with Tech Town and supporting that corridor is that I actually get to see the end results of the work that I'm doing, mm-hmm. meaning that I'm helping brick and mortars open. I'm helping these business owners hire people from the community. I'm bringing in restaurants, uh, doggy boutiques, <laughs> right, uh, coffee yeah. shops, right. um, uh, clothing stores. I'm bringing in these businesses mm-hmm. because, for one, these are the type of things that the neighborhood wants. So keep I in agree. mind, when they had the big box retailers, they moved there because they felt that they could make, you know, sell a lot of goods in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. But if it, is that really what the neighborhood wants? See, mm-hmm. in addition to us being able to open up businesses in our neighborhoods, the neighborhood now can say what they want. Exactly. And, yeah, and they can help you be successful because they're telling you this is what we want and or need. Absolutely. Absolutely. They've done the Street Sense, I believe is the name of the report that was done by the Detroit Economic Growth Corporation. They want a grocery store in the neighborhood. Guess what? <laughs> Guess what? They got a grocery store. Hopefully that will be coming. It'll be a community grocery store and hopefully owned by someone that's local. Yep. They didn't say they want Kroger's to come. Yeah, they didn't right. say they want Whole Foods <laughs> to come. They say they want a neighborhood market. And right. so now if we can find... A person from Detroit who wants to open up a grocery store, they can open it up because that's what the neighborhood wants. And then they're supporting someone from the neighborhood. That's a great point because in hindsight, I think about how not only it was definitely it wasn't like it is now, but you travel everywhere to go get what you need. I mean, because that's what humans do. Yeah, (laughs) you're right. Who doesn't want to like you shouldn't have to drive a long time to go to a grocery store. Um you shouldn't have like, it's certain opportunities if somebody told me as I got older like you know we don't have them all we don't have mm-hmm. this place to go or if it is it doesn't look like this and that's when people say well I'm traveling over there because we can raise the standards it's like I want that but now you can actually put it over here absolutely or wherever. Like, find an area absolutely oh, you want that I'll bring it to you let's see if you live on the far east side and you want a quality grocery store you get paid on Friday you driving to the Kroger's and Gross Point that dollar that you just earned never even set foot in your neighborhood. Mm-hmm. It goes flying way out to the other neighborhood. Yeah. And guess what? It's helping support the other neighborhood. Yeah. We want you, when you get that check and you work out in the suburbs, you bring the money from the suburbs, you come into the city and you spend it at the grocery store. Or you go down to Norma G's, Caribbean restaurant. Yep. We just did the catalyst for the rebirth of the Jefferson Chambers neighborhood. Because guess what? You spend a dollar there, majority of his staff is from the community. They live in the community. Mm-hmm. Now that money drops down to them. They make money. They come spend money there as well. That's the ripple effect that we want to have. I agree. And that's, that's very admirable. And I think people are start. well, I don't think, now we see that people are starting to get that. And it's uh, very encouraging to see people encouraged to create more leverage for themselves now, as yeah. opposed to, you know, you do what you have to do sometimes, but at least give somebody a choice. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> more options are cool. I agree. And, and I, I, I truly enjoy the economic empowerment you get being an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's stressful. No, it is not a nine to five job. 
It's a 24 right. hour a day job, <laughs> seven days a week. Yeah. Because if you're not working, you're thinking about what you need to do mm-hmm. for your business. Yeah. But the benefits is you, the goal is to create generational wealth. Yeah, because exactly. that's one of the things that we're missing in the community. We have to start over every generation. Now, we're not talking about just giving money to be giving money. We're talking about setting up the next generation so that they don't have to start back over. Yeah. That if they want to go to college, just go to college. Don't worry about what it costs. Go to the best school in the nation. Mm-hmm. You got your cover because I put money away and I prepare for you. Right. When you graduate from college and a few years down the road after that, you want to get married, go ahead and let's get married. I put money away for you to get married. Mm-hmm. Uh, I put some investments away for, for you and your kids. Creating that generational wealth is huge. It's huge. And, mm-hmm. and, and I think being an entrepreneur is one step towards creating a generational the greatest legacy you can leave behind is a legacy that's mm-hmm. why yep. family owned businesses passing it down to the next generation that's what you see a lot of that with funeral homes you see some of that with, <laughs> yeah. with restaurants but we need to do that across the board with all types of businesses yeah that's a great point because a lot of people aren't able to express their unique skill sets because they're worried about financing and other things when that actually idea could have been the next industry very much so which provides infinite potential for opportunities in the future but because it never got off the ground or even never touched a piece of paper because they're like no i'm not gonna do that i have to work yeah but see times are different in detroit we have some of the great best uh support network organizations for entrepreneurs in the nation here in Mm -hmm. detroit i mean absolutely and i use tech town because i'm part of i work for tech town the swat city program you came through retail boot camp um i mean what you got what you learned in retail boot camp for one it would take forever (laughs) for everyone to learn all the information and it would cost thousands of dollars the retail boot camp it was getting you prepared to go into a brick and mortar. Right. To give you the knowledge that you need to be successful in a brick and mortar. Now, if you want to open up a business in Detroit, there's no reason why you cannot get the support. <laughs> right. It doesn't have to just be Tech Town. There's Build Institute. There's Prosper Us. Mm-hmm. There's Operation Hope. There are many other organizations that are out there. Right. Okay. That will provide... Uh, uh, entrepreneurial support, the Osmond Business Association, all of them got cohorts mm-hmm. um, to to support business owners. So you don't have to do this alone, and you shouldn't have to. There are support <laughs> right. mechanisms out there. If you're gonna open up a brick and mortar, you can apply for Motor City Match, mm-hmm. which is is is, is from uh, the city of Detroit, some grant money to help leverage you going into a brick and mortar. If you want to hire returning citizens, there are programs where you can get tax incentives or on-the-job training money to hire returning citizens. Mm-hmm. Or if you you want to hire someone who's disabled, there's money out there to, to, to hire these people. When you have big box retailers like Myers coming to Detroit, you think they just come into Detroit and don't ask for all the incentives that, that are out there? Yeah. Whether it's from the city, from the county, from the state, or nationally, they come for all those incentives. Believe it or not, a lot of entrepreneurs don't know this, and this is one of the things I've been doing since I've been working for Tech Time for almost four years now. I'm bringing those incentives into the entrepreneurial world where small business owners can tap into some on-the-job training money or tax incentives, right. things like that to help support them hiring people from the community. Yeah, man, that's amazing. And I, like I said, man, I think what you're doing is great, and I'm definitely looking forward to participating. And before we uh, bring this to a close, what's the best way for people to contact you? But also, is there anything else that you want to address that we didn't? 
Well, let me give you the contact information on the conference. So the conference, and I'll talk, if you don't mind, just a tidbit on it. It's called the National Microloan Conference. And what's great about this conference, I'm bringing speakers from across the country. Right now, I have close to 40 speakers, 60-something workshops. And this is only over two days, September 27th, September 28th. Uh, we're going to have a pitch competition where you can win $1,000 for giving a 60-minute uh, pitch or a 90-minute right, right. pitch. We haven't determined uh, how long the pitch will be. Right. Uh, we're going to have a, a, a microloan symposium where we have representatives from all the microlenders uh, in the panel discussion. And you can ask any and every question of the, the panelists. We're going to have a, what we call entrepreneurial fireside chat. Uh, I'm bringing in uh, uh, this famous storyteller called Shauna Renee. She's out of Washington, D.C. Okay. She's going to come in and she's going to teach entrepreneurs how to pitch their business. This <laughs> nice. is a professional. This person, yeah. she was just recently up at one of the Ivy League schools teaching them. So right. she's coming here to Detroit to teach Detroit entrepreneurs. And then I got, I got speakers, I got workshops, and then we're going to have entertainment and food and everything. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a packed full two days of nothing but networking and just enjoying it ourselves so that when you walk away um, after the last day of the conference you're full of the knowledge necessary for you to be successful as a business owner majority of the workshops i call them power sessions are going to be focused on lending but we're going to have people in accounting legal uh marketing social media and all the other what we call wraparound services needed to support you as a business owner if you're interested in attending you can go to the website www dot microloanconference.com that's www.microloanconference.com um and i would love to have a place packed because right. next year i want to get a, a bigger venue all right uh, this is I'm, i want to have the first couple of conferences here in detroit because mm -hmm. this is where i was born and raised then eventually it's going to go across the country so detroiters get to benefit from everything i'm putting on for at least two years before we take it across the country nice yeah, I'm glad I came back as well. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I appreciate you for taking your time. It's been an honor and definitely looking forward to working with you. Yes. And I appreciate everybody for taking the time to listen to the Chris Massey Show podcast. You want to stay updated with us. Instagram and Twitter is Chris Massey Show. Thanks to Doc Ellingsworth representing the group Detroit City for this segment's instrumental. You can follow him on Instagram and Twitter at Ellingsworth, I-L-L-I-N-G-S-W-O-R-T-H. And a very special thanks to the official sponsor of this podcast, the inspirational lifestyle brand Legendary. And their motto is believers become innovators, innovators become legendary. And they're con connecting people through apparel and accessories. Check out their website, lgndre.com and on Instagram at lgndre. Once again, Mr. Galloway, I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Thank you.